I'm being followed by soldiers of the First Order. I need to get in the cantina. We're all trying to get somewhere, sir. <laughs> it's a big galaxy. Lots of things are far, far away, okay? <laughs> Just a moment, I'm coming off my break. Join the hosts of Brick City Blockade in the Cantina for an open discussion of a galaxy far, far away. Jim, it's been a long time, my friend. October, t October 2nd, to be exact. It has been a while. It's good to be finally doing this again, though. It's taken yeah. us a little bit. Just, just a wee bit of time between episode 6 and this being episode 7 of the Cantina from the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network. Well, in all fairness, it is less time than it took between episode six and episode seven of Star Wars. So we're still on a good timetable. There we go. It's uh, It's been a while. And if you're listening to the Brick City Blockade on your podcast, Catcher, iTunes, Google Play, wherever, and you're a new listener, you might not know who Jim and I are. And this show, The Cantina, is basically... Jim, this is just you and I talking Star Wars like you and I normally would. And we said, hey, we're both part of this network. Let's just record these conversations because they go all over the place. They really do. It's kind of Star Wars stream of consciousness, uh, consciousness, excuse me, sometimes. So, uh, yeah, it does go all over the place. And, and hopefully we can stay in on on point on a few things to 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 get a couple of things out there. But, yeah, we'll we'll kind of go all over the map as usual, I'm sure. So the last time you and I, uh, like I said, we recorded back in October, uh, you are an accountant by trade and you go into a little bit of hibernation between January and April. So we have a lot of catching up to do. So this uh, this is a good as time as any to kick back off the Cantina podcast here. I know we just ran into each other uh, not that long ago over at Krypton Comics, the convoy for the cause. Uh, we got the live uh, stream that we got there, but some of the things that you and I talked about there, I want to expound on a little bit more. Heck, you and I haven't really even talked uh, that much about The Last Jedi. Certainly haven't talked at all. We briefly kind of know each other's thoughts about Solo. Rebels is come and gone. There's a <laughs> heck of a lot more uh, content out there. It's it's a crazy time to be a Star Wars fan, Jim. How does that happen in just six months or so? That's amazing when you think about it. If you go back a few years, six months and being a Star Wars fan, there would be basically nothing new unless you were a very big uh, expanded universe fan, right? If you uh, read a lot of books or comic books, graphic novels. And, and now we have all these different forms of media that in just six months come and go and we can fall so behind. Absolutely. It, it can feel like it's it, I, I don't I, I don't even know how you uh, attempted to keep up with anything. I know you said you had fallen behind the uh, I've I've fallen behind on some of the novels and stuff. Um, I certainly am not current and was not current before I really started digging into them. There's quite a few of the early ones like a new dawn and Tarkin and a couple of those other ones. But. I haven't had a chance to do anything with the the solo the last shot. I guess apparently there's another book out now, Jim. Yeah, it, it's very much so. And and you and I have alluded to this in some of our very first episodes that you kind of have to just be as much of a Star Wars fan as your time allows. And you know, obviously we we've talked before the the feature films are are kind of like the the top dog 
uh, so to speak. But then it's after that, it's just kind of engaging yourself as much as you can after that. And and we've said it before too, just because you're not able to stay current with everything or you choose not to, or there's there's so many things now. And what I, one of the things I do want to talk about later is too, like the, like the different things you can like. And we, we talked about this at Krypton with there's going to be different things that are going to draw us in as fans and we're going to like some things and, and dislike others, but it really doesn't make us any less or more of a star Wars fan. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was telling you before we started recording that I made the mistake of looking at my Facebook feed for the first time in, in five months or so. And what you were just talking about, there was somebody uh, discussing the last Jedi and the comment was somewhere along the lines of diehard Star Wars fans know that it's garbage. And I'm just looking at that, knowing that we were going to come on and probably talk about something along these lines. And I just thought to myself, how fitting is that? How horrible is that, first of all, that this person feels the need to make a comment where they define what a diehard Star Wars fan is? If I'm enough of a Star Wars fan to sit here and do a podcast, I'd like to throw myself in that diehard category. And I love uh, The Last Jedi. But who's to define these things? And I just, I'll never understand how people can't see the difference between having criticism of a movie and just trashing uh, a movie completely uh, and crossing a line to, to some weird extent. You know, there, we've talked about it at Krypton. You can be a fan or a fanatic. We talk about we talk about all the time about our, our network where we're positivity and unity is community. I don't want that to get misconstrued that we are positive about everything or we can't be critical or uh, you can't dissect things and just, we don't just sit there and think everything is awesome because it really isn't. And we all have different likes and dislikes. I think there's a very important thing going on in fandom right now, Jim, that just from my vantage point, it's the, the like and the dislike has made, it's become personal. And I think it's becoming more than the films or disliking or putting people into categories you can you can be critical about a movie and not necessarily you can like other things i think when you make it personal and then so star wars is so big now that you and i are not going to change the opinion hardly of anybody people's minds are made up and we're not out there you know, Star Wars isn't this little niche thing anymore that we're out there trying to get people to be. We want more fans of Star Wars. I mean, we want more listeners and we want to grow the, the friendom that we've created. But it's not our job, Jim, to, you know, try to convince people that they need to like Star Wars or they need to like different parts of it. We can share what we like and go i don't know jim I, i'm kind of rambling here a little bit but i i think it's important That's to the know point like, of the show, brian come yeah. on ramble away <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like i'm on this like th this tangent now but it, it's not up to you and i or robin or chris or scott or anybody to try to convince people to like these things if you happen to go out and watch solo and you like it great if you go out and you didn't it wasn't your favorite. Great. You don't have to go convince other people that just because you liked it or disliked it, it, it's not your job to go change somebody else's opinion. There, 
there's this funny graphic going out and it's, I guess it's a little crude. I mean, we're a family show here, but Jim, I think I've, I've shared it in one of like the, the, you know, in a, a, either a text or something to you too. And it's like this three pane cartoon and it, and it shows, you know, a man at a urinal and there's like 30 urinals to his right. Yeah. And you see this one guy walking down and I, I won't get into like bathroom etiquette here, but usually you leave it's you leave a urinal in between the other ones so you know you go either every other one unless it's really busy and then it then they all fill up little side <laughs> sidebar <laughs> in that but then the guy in the cartoon and the second pain comes right next to the other guy and then he turns his head and again breaking another <laughs> etiquette rule in the restroom you don't talk to each other in the restroom and then of course it turns to him and the guy turns to me he goes i hate the last jedi and you should too and I mean, it's just perfect. Like this guy wasn't, didn't want to, I don't know. I just, I just love that cartoon because it, it's such, it, it, it's a great illustration of the, those out in the fandom that are out there to, to, to bring other people down with them. Save me here, Jim. Well, and so first off, I need to correct something, depending on if it's a wide open wall of urinals, like you were d discussing there in that from that cartoon, it's it's two. If there's one guy and you can leave two in between you and the other guy, it's two. The one is the bare minimum, just so you know, unless it's busy. I just wanted to clear that up right. and throw that out there. I, I was saying this at Krypton a little bit, and my point was we're not going to be able to get away from what some people think is their Star Wars and what uh, somebody else thinks is their Star Wars. Unfortunately, there's got, always going to be this notion of, well, that's not my Star Wars, because we're hearing that a lot, right, with the newer movies. Yeah. Um, people are very against Disney uh, taking over the franchise, which I think is kind of funny, because if you were going to take the four movies they've done, I have to say that the Saga movies are similar, but Solo and Rogue One are two different films compared to the Saga movies. So if you can't find one out of these four films that you consider your Star Wars, I think you might just need to hold on to whatever you like, whether it's the prequels or original trilogy and call it a day because you're probably never going to get another Star Wars movie uh, by your criteria. So the, the point being, there's going to be a lot of different movies that fall into different categories that are going to appeal to some fans more than other fans. And if, if, a fan, if a movie comes out like Solo, that isn't your favorite, it's okay. It doesn't have to be the best movie of all time. It doesn't have to be in your top three of Star Wars movies. You can actually enjoy a Star Wars movie and walk out of it and not want to go back and see it again in the theater. I know Last Jedi and Force Awakens, I went back many times. Solo, I'm personally, I'm not going to go back to see it. Um, and it's not because I didn't like it. It's just, uh, I enjoyed it, but it's not my favorite. It doesn't get me that excited. Didn't get me that excited going into it. Nothing wrong with the movie, really, but that's but okay. It, but I think the important thing there too, Jim, is I I enjoyed it. I'm not sure where to rank it yet because I've only seen it the one time. I will go back because I want to take my six and a half year old son to go see it and and go with my wife. But the fact that you and I disagree on on a film, we're we're still friends. Like, and and I, the the perfect example of this is is the prequels. I enjoy the prequels. You absolutely detest them. Again. I don't think any less of you as a person because we disagree on that. It's actually more of a respect thing because we have valid. You might not think I have a valid point, but we have valid points both ways. From and, a certain point of view. Yeah. From a certain you point have of valid view. points. Yeah. 
sorry to cut you off there. No, no, that's, that's all. I was just, I was cutting you off. Um, but no, I, I think with Solo, it's a perfect example because I'm actually kind of bummed that it's not, I'm not going to say that it's not doing well because it's still doing well, but it's not living up to box office, office expectations. I think even um, Ron Howard and other uh, people involved in it have said something along those lines on Twitter. And that's okay, but the, the downside is, I feel like a lot of the fan base that's seen this movie really, really likes it. Like it, I, I could just be looking at um, sources that just happen to be overwhelmingly positive, but uh, I do a lot of uh, Redditing. So Reddit is the site that I like to go to. I, I do some of the Star Wars subreddits over there. And after The Last Jedi, it was a war zone on the spoilers uh, conversation for The Last Jedi. And, and most of it was kind of overwhelming, like they're ruining Star Wars. This isn't my Star Wars, blah, 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 blah. And for Solo, I have to say, like the comments that I've seen in the spoiler threads, which I've read, you know, every day just about looking at new comments, they're still 90, 95% positive, which is great. But not a lot of people are seeing the movie outside of either big fans of Star Wars or the average everyday moviegoer who might just be looking for a popcorn flick. There's this segment of Star Wars fans that just boycotted it for whatever reason. And I think that's kind of unfortunate because I'm seeing this overwhelming positive reaction in some places. And I kind of feel like this, and I have a theory as to why this film did that. And I'm happy to see it because I like seeing that. I like seeing a lot of the fan base agree on something, especially after The Last Jedi, where it was divisive amongst the fan base. But overall, I kind of feel like this movie reached out to more of the hardcore Star Wars fans. And can we preface this? And we're going to talk about Solo. Can we throw the spoilers out there? Can we do that? We didn't talk about it. Can uh, If we can avoid spoilers, I think because it's still relatively. I mean, I, I know we uh, we're not we may still have some listeners that haven't seen it yet. If we could talk about it in context without a few of them. Mm hmm. Well, I, I will say uh, there, there's one uh, major thing in the movie that's consistent with if you are not somebody who consumes a lot of Star Wars, you may be very confused walking out of that movie. And I, you know, it, it's hard to, to talk about it without giving it away. Mm -hmm. uh, but an interesting thing was there's a, a movie reviewer that I really like that's on a local radio station, and he's a big Star Wars fan. And he walked out of that movie enjoying it. And then it hit him that something didn't make sense time-wise. And he went on the, the radio show giving the review of the movie and there were Star Wars fans that had to call in and say, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You need to know about this and this, which isn't something movie related in order to know why this works. And the guy was legitimately like pissed off. He goes, no, I want to be able to go to a movie and know what's going on and not have to go to these other sources to consume it. And it was interesting to see that because he's a pretty big Star Wars fan and he doesn't want to consume any other media and he felt out of place. So that's why I felt like this movie, uh, it really kind of resonates, I think, with people who are uh, deeper Star Wars fans in the sense of the amount of different source material they go to and the different uh, media that they go through, because there are a lot of references. There are a lot of things that you might not know unless 
you were into some of these other non-movie Star Wars sources, which I think is really cool because it, to me, it was almost the Disney saying, it's time to give something to the more hardcore fans of this franchise. So we're going to take a risk where the average person in this movie that knows some about Star Wars might be confused about some of this at the end of the day, but we're okay with taking that risk because we know the big fans are going to understand this and everybody else will catch up afterwards. That I think is a, that is a monumental thing that Disney did in that movie, in my mind, because we've always talked about, you don't have to go to the, and consume these other things because really how much of that are they actually going to do in a major movie? They've crossed that line. They've said, we are going to take, it's not the last Jedi with having the the compass from Battlefront, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 that you mm-hmm. get in the Luke Skywalker movie in the corner of Luke's hut. It was a major thing that we think is going to affect plots of future movies. Definitely. And it is difficult to talk about it. I will say because I was very wrong in my guesstimation, and I honestly think this might have actually worked better for the film Thursday night at the premiere, we went as a network and we didn't have everybody there, but I know that I sat right to the left of um, Chris Letty, Vintage Viewport. And at a certain point in the film, and they happen to mention, well, I'll just, it's not t- particularly a, a big spoiler, but they mentioned Tatooine. And I kind of elbowed Chris and I was like, I, I wonder if we're going to see an Obi-Wan cameo. I, I wonder if we're going to see Ewan McGregor. And I feel like that would have been a better surprise cameo than the one that they gave us. Don't get me wrong. I like the one that they did, but now for the casual moviegoers, they might be confused about a timeline and they can, it it can work in two ways. It could leave confused and that can, the casual fan can say, what is star Wars doing? Do they even know continuity and stuff? And then, to your point, Jim, the other people, the hardcore people that have been watching all the animated series are like, holy cow, this is so awesome. And it's a fine line. I mean, that was a big risk. It was huge. It was a huge risk. And I think in the long run, it will pay off. But for right now, to your point with the, you know, with the local radio reviewer, uh, that could be a reaction that Lucasfilm is going to have to explain. And I don't know. My final thought on, on Solo, and I, I definitely, like I said, I, I did enjoy it. I'm not sure where to rank it. And I'm almost to the point where, you know, we've got so many films now, and I don't want to draw so many parallels to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but. I would even struggle to rank the 19 films that are out there for the Marvel films. Do I like every single one of them? No. Do I think they're all watchable? Yes. There's some better ones than others. But when I think about it, Jim, the ones that I like the best out of the Marvel movies, it it has the characters or what that are my favorites. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm my personal theory for now is I'm going to gravitate towards the Star Wars films that I enjoy the characters in them. Star Wars is always going to be a character-driven franchise. The stories, the individual struggles, you have a huge galaxy, and we're looking at it through the lens of one character or several characters or a band of characters. And in the long run, five, ten years from now, 
I'm still gonna, you know, I'm still gonna hold the original trilogy in high regard because for my own nostalgia, those are those will always be important to me because of Luke Skywalker. But from there, I don't know. I my I'm completely open to whatever comes down the road. And to your point, Jim, I, are we gonna like all of them? Probably not. But to to circle back to you know the negativity and stuff that's out there if i personally like or dislike a film that's my opinion my opinion i should not be using my opinion to go out and uh, attack another individual or try to convince somebody and if they don't if they don't share my opinion or my viewpoint that doesn't make them wrong it doesn't make me right it's just an opinion yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think there just needs to be you, you had you said this word earlier between when talking about the prequels and our differing viewpoints, and it's respect. And it's this notion of I'm a bigger Star Wars fan than you because I like this and you don't, or vice versa. And I think there needs to be a lot more respect in the Star Wars community as far as what people like. And now that there is so, there are so many movies out there, we're gonna be getting a movie a year. And it's just going to be coming a larger and larger base to work off of. There are going to be people growing up that it's weird to think about. But my son's uh, too young to have kids now, but in a little while, who knows? And his kids may never watch the original trilogy and love Star Wars, which is a weird thing to think about, right? Because we've all seen the prequels. We've all seen the original trilogy. But there may be a day where there's so much out there that... People are drawn to the the new trilogy, the sequel trilogy right now, and that's their Star Wars. And they might be just as big fans. So I think we just need to respect people's opinions more, take a look at uh, what we're saying about people uh, just because they may or may not like the same movies we do. It, it's ludicrous. I mean, like you said, I'm not a big fan of the prequels, uh, but I never... I'll never antagonize anybody for uh, not for liking them. Excuse me. You know, I'll never I'll never make fun of anybody for for liking the prequels. Uh, it's just my personal preference that I'm not going to watch them. I'm not going to pop them in. Yeah, it, the negativity. Just like I said, when I went on Facebook, I couldn't believe it, and I said, "It's worse than I remember it." And it's just uh, I'm done with that uh, that media outlet, really. And Twitter is, I feel like I can control it a little bit more almost on Twitter, which is nice, um, but I'm still not a huge Twitter user. Maybe I will be now. <laughs> All right, Jim, I, before we kind of shift gears, and like I said, we like to keep things lighthearted around here, Jim, my son and I this morning, right after breakfast, we were watching Paddington 2. I love that film. I like the first one too, <laughs> by the way, but I'm just a huge kid at heart too, but it was funny. There's something in, in the film, and it was something uh, Mr. Brown said to Mr. Curry, who actually happens to be Peter Capaldi, who was the 12th Doctor and Doctor nice. Who. I know I know you're a big fan of Doctor Who. I know Scott Inch is a big fan of Doctor Who. A couple of people on the network are. And obviously, it's a sci-fi genre. If you like Star Wars, there's a good chance you like Doctor Who. But anyways, it, that, that being aside, it's just something, there was a line in the film, and I'm just like, huh. That that's all too relevant to be just a uh, you know in a children's film. But anyway, so Mr. Curry just setting the stage towards the end of the film. He's in his megaphone. He's the the guy that's the gatekeeper of the community, and you know he's talking about they don't want the bear there, they don't want Paddington there. 
And then Mr. Brown's like, and I'm going to read this just because I don't want to screw it up. And he goes, so he goes, we don't want him here. And he's like, of course you don't. You never have. As soon as you set eyes on that bear, you made up your mind about him. Well, Paddington's not like that. He looks for the good in all of us, and somehow he finds it. It's why he makes friends wherever he goes. And they go on to say why the Windsor Gardens is a happier place and that he wouldn't hesitate if any of us needed help. So we're going to go help him. But it's just funny because that's the type of person that, and, and obviously we're talking about a fictional cartoon bear, but looking for the good in anybody to be able to strike up conversations. And we talk about, you know, the friend and the positivity. If you can find some common ground and stuff like that, that's, I feel like that part of Paddington too is how, we should be as Star Wars fans is regardless if you have differing viewpoints, I guarantee you there's something that you agree on. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we agree on a lot of things within the Star Wars universe, just you and I, and we disagree on quite a few things as well. And uh, you're just kind of getting right back to it. It's, it's respect for your fellow fan and it's finding common ground, not the high ground, common ground. There's a difference there. I don't know if you if you know that, um, but oh, you I I like I you set you 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 gave me the alley oop, you gave me the underhanded softball toss, and I I ruined it. <laughs> but no, I can't agree Just, more. I think that's a great quote, and uh, I think there is a parallel there to to what's going on in the Star Wars community right now. And uh, I guess we can learn something from the fictional cartoon bear movie. <laughs> which happened to have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which uh, afterwards I was like, yeah, I, I can see that. So Jim, before we end the show here, you and I, I feel like still have yet to really dissect. And, and I don't think that we're going to fully do this in the last couple of minutes of the show here, but uh, you and I have not even really talked last Jedi yet. And I personally really enjoy the film at one point coming out. I was ready to consider it my favorite film in the franchise. And I'm not certain that I'm still there, but it's still very high. Yep. It's, it's on the high ground of, of my rankings. And since it's been on home video, I think I've watched it. I watched through some of the, the highlights and stuff, but I definitely have watched it through once. I saw it in the theater three times and I've just been so busy lately. I, I haven't even had a chance to go back, but it, I think I'm going to go back again pretty soon, but I, what I want to do is watch The Force Awakens and then immediately watch The Last Jedi. But overall, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with this, but just like I just I got to talk about Last Jedi with you. Yeah, um, I you know, I, I have one thing that I just wanted to mention because we were talking about continuity. So I'm going to do the, the typical cantina broadcast thing where I'm going to completely disregard what you just said and talk about something else very quickly. Because I <laughs> we were talking about continuity for Solo. And there was one thing in that movie that bothered me a little bit. And it's not a spoiler. And it's such a tiny little thing. So it didn't detract from my enjoyment of the movie. But at the same time, it drives me nuts when this is the kind of stuff that I saw in the prequels when we talked about that in a previous episode that that kind of irks me. Um, and if you recall that the hyperfuel that they were getting mm -hmm. and there's a there's a scene where they're putting the hyperfuel onto the Falcon and where are they putting it? Do you remember where they're putting it? Yeah, they're putting it in the cargo, the uh, the secret compartments. Yeah, exactly. Problem with that is in A New Hope, 
when they get onto the Death Star, they smuggle themselves onto the Death Star. They're opening the panels. What does Han Solo say? He said he create he he made them to when he had those installed. He never thought he'd be smuggling himself. He didn't See, own. He, yeah. he didn't own it yet. That yeah. drives me nuts. Lando still owned it. It's just like don't do it. They could have put it on a different part of the Falcon. Somebody in that movie production should have said hey, these things don't exist yet because Han Solo installs them after he wins the Falcon. They shouldn't be there. So we're going to show a brand new part of the Falcon. Show the living quarters of the Falcon. Give us something different on that ship for once. They could have put it there, you know? So that little or, stuff. But... Or in Lando's cape closet. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, there's plenty of padding there. Jesus, that man owns a lot of capes. Um, <laughs> but, so, uh, and he was awesome. Oh man, Donald Glover. He was fantastic as a superstar. Yeah, superstar yeah. in the making. So to answer your question, now that I've gotten that out of my system, The Last Jedi, I, I agree. When I walked out of there, I wasn't going to put it as my top film uh, in the franchise. Uh, the original Star Wars and New Hope is always going to be number one for me. Empire Strikes Back is going to be just a tick under that. And I completely understand that Empire Strikes Back in a lot of ways is a superior film and it's just the nostalgia factor maybe that puts a new hope up above that or maybe that it's just a complete story whereas Empire Strikes Back is open-ended and then Return of the Jedi and there's a gap there between Empire and Return of the Jedi not as big as with some people and I I think I, when I was texting with you after seeing the movie uh, I, I think I said I believe it's better than Jedi in my book I was putting it as my new number three Uh, so I was saying Last Jedi was better better than Return of the Jedi in my book. And now I've kind of got them neck and neck. And I can't quite figure out because the more I look back at what they did with Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, the more I love it. And that's weird to think about because I so didn't want him to die. Chris Letty, you and I all did a, you know, what do we want to see and what don't we want to see? And basically everything I didn't want to see in The Last Jedi heading into it before I saw the movie happened. Uh, but I'm okay with Luke Skywalker going out the way he did because he turned himself again into a legend. And they talk about that whole line of where the spark that lights the fire that That quote seems to go on for a mile, so I can't remember it all. But uh, they, he really is a spark. And I think that's very cool. From some secluded, random planet, he was able to find a way to not only save his family and friends, uh, confront uh, his biggest demon of his entire life, and that's what happened with Kylo Ren, and also allow the uh, resistance to survive without ever being there and sacrificing himself to do it in, in such an epic manner. And the more I look back on it, and my wife talk about this, uh, my wife and I talk about this too, and it is epic. And we felt it was just, it was adding on to the legend of Luke Skywalker. And that's what they wanted to do. That's what that whole final, however many minutes of that movie was, was creating a real legend of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I can't I can't really say it much better than that, Jim. And I I purposely I had heard, you know, there was some pretty strong rumors that that's how the film was going to go. And because of that and because I'm such a fanatic for Luke Skywalker, I wasn't looking for spoilers before seeing the film. I did not share with anybody in the network. I didn't I didn't share with anybody. Just it was my own personal. I just wanted to be able to go into the film and As the film is aged, I feel like 
not only in universe the the legend of luke skywalker grew but i feel like even more as a fan and am i bummed that him as a living organism i guess you want to say as a person in the in the in the franchise is, is obviously gone but you know the the counterpoint to that jim is yoda comes back and is mm-hmm. able to is able to interact with with luke and the the manifestation of of the force and it, there's just so much that this i feel like that film gave back to fans and and jim did you get a chance to watch the documentary uh the the director and the jedi i have not yet no so homework assignment for you is definitely the next thing that that you sit down and watch you definitely got to watch this it's so much of ryan johnson and, and ron bergman and the joy and the dedication and everything that they put into this film it's it's on you know they put everything they had into it so for me as as a fan to see the the vitriol and and the hate spewed at ryan because he he quote unquote ruined star wars like luke in the movie set it up best like when he's sitting around that the 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 fireplace there in the middle of the day talking to Ray and Chewbacca. He goes, what do you want me to do? Go out and take on the whole first order with a laser sword. (laughs) And I mean, to like, uh, that's the best thing that they could have done because he, he was, I mean, Mark Hamill at the time of filming the last Jedi was older than Sir Alec Guinness at the time. And he filmed in the original trilogy. I mean, what do you want him to do? Jump around and do backflips and, you know, be the Luke Skywalker of old. Jim, I don't think you're going to disagree with me here, but everyone's like, oh, he'd never throw a lightsaber away or he'd never, you know, shy away from conflict. Did you did we all watch the end of Return of the Jedi when he throws (laughs) his lightsaber away and then, you know, he he defies the emperor? I, I mean, that to me is the quintessential Luke Skywalker at this point. So would I love to get him, you know, firing up that green lightsaber and, and taking out some stormtroopers. Yeah, that would have been cool. But like it, it also totally disrespects and, and belittles the character this, that they're trying to create now, which is going to continue and carry on this franchise for the foreseeable future with Ray, with Poe, with Finn, all of these great characters that they've created. And it's, you know, we we sometimes it's we gotta just let go i mean some ever all good things come to an end and the way that they concluded his arc and you know with the and the whole you know what's that theory jim when they you see like a you know it's usually in, in like crime shows and stuff when you see like the different points of view and everybody believes himself to be like the rosy arc or the rose arc or something like that yeah. uh, i'm sure somebody will email us or tweet us later and tell them a, Tell me how much of a moron I am because I don't know <laughs> I can't that. Think but, of it right now either. <laughs> but you know, even in in the film, you see the the flashback kind of become more into focus on potentially what really happened. And from a certain point of view, you know, did Luke create Kylo Ren? Yeah, he contributed a little bit to it, but I think he atoned for it at the very end. I think Ray is a phenomenal character, and I don't know, like. I'm so much more a Star Wars fan after The Last Jedi, and it's really hard to say because I 
you and I are like leading the bandwagon for, for Luke Skywalker. And I just, to, yeah. you know, that it's funny too. Cause Jim, I don't know. What are your, what, what were your thoughts about like the final scene of the film? And I know I've seen a lot of fans that said you could have ended with everybody, you know, on the Falcon, but I, I feel like the final scene when they go back to Canto bite and then they have the, the children there and you see the, what the the myth and the legend of Luke Skywalker became and that that story has already been passed on and has reached Canto bite. And, and then you see the, the boy at the very end, like looking up and he has hope like Luke gave hope back to the galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was the whole point of that. Like Luke Skywalker was saying is uh, no, no one man is an army, I guess, you know, he can't defeat, the first order with his laser sword, uh, which is, yeah, I agree. That is an awesome quote when he said that, but that there's, it's not just one family. It's not just the Skywalkers. It's not, there's lots of people out there that have the ability to rise up and fight for good and fight against evil. And in this case, it's the first order that ending scene, I think was telling us that there is a, a, a broader cast of characters if you will that are out there that could be part of the story in the future and it's we always kind of talk about or we've talked about in the past what happens when there is no more skywalkers because we still i mean i still kind of question the whole is ray somehow a skywalker thing but a lot of people have just given up on that and if there are no more skywalkers what is star wars i mean shouldn't there always be a skywalker somewhere in in the star wars story and that might have been the movie kind of showing us that He's ignited a new generation of heroes. He's given hope uh, to those in the galaxy who didn't previously have it. And that's the end of the Skywalkers. And that's a that's a great way for the Skywalker name to go out if it is the last Skywalker we see, I guess, besides Leia. I'm kind of ignoring her right now, I guess, because we don't know what's going to happen with her, with her in the final saga film. But no, th- I think that last scene can be interpreted a lot of different ways. I like the way they ended it. I think it was different. And that's one of the things about the movie that I liked is it wasn't as formulaic as you would have thought going into that. I mean, who would have thought that Snoke would have been dead that early in the movie? There there was no, it, it wasn't a very predictable movie. I, I think they took chances. Some didn't pay off, some did. And I think they found different ways of telling the story and not ending with everybody on the Falcon and not making it mirror the final scene of Return of the Jedi, kind of where everybody's happy at the Ewok village uh, and everybody's happy on the Falcon, I think was that was the right choice. It, it takes the story in a different direction. It gives us a peek of what is going on in the Star Wars universe outside of the Skywalker bubble. Wow. Yeah. I just, this, this theory just popped in my head. And, and I guess the only linkage to the, in my estimation, the only lineage left would be Ben Solo and, if I, I would I would anticipate that although I could s- potentially see a scenario where he's redeemed, I, I feel like he's still going to pay the ultimate price at the end of this this trilogy, and it in all intents and purposes would you know extinguish the the Skywalker line, which before the Last Jedi that thought terrified me. I'm actually excited about it now, and I feel like this has proven that star Wars is more than the skywalkers solo 
uh, you know, showed that there doesn't have to be uh, Jedi. There doesn't even have to be a huge Imperial presence. They were a presence in the film. But these other genre films where they can take other chances and just show us that, yes, the Jedi and the Force and everything is a big component of what Star Wars is. You have an entire film where the Force... I don't even feel like the force is even referenced at all. And I don't know if that's a spoiler or not in, in solo, but it's, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't I, think I, it was now that you mention it. I don't even think, yeah, no, they, they never said, may the force be with you in that movie. I know that, but yeah. So there's, even... there's one other thing that I'm avoiding trying to say, because I have this new theory, but I want to make sure that that solo is kind of come and gone because they they've, there's this one thing that they've now managed to do in all of the films that, it was i think they not that they did it on purpose uh, towards the the end but it it created a, a continuity of at least they can still say that one thing has happened in all the mil, all the films and i'll probably text you what it is afterwards oh too. i i think yeah i i have a feeling i know what it is all right i think you just figured it out but uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah yeah that's that's pretty good uh, let's see. Uh, we usually jump around. Usually we do like a, a soundtrack thing, but we probably won't do that yet. And Jim, I know you said you're probably not going to go back and see solo in the, you know, in the theaters. And I, I I'm, I'm just going to assume that you'll probably still watch it. It comes out on home video, but I gotta oh, say, yeah. I, I gotta say John Powell, bravo, because good sir, you knocked it out of the park with the soundtrack. And I've been listening to it, and there's a couple there's a couple tracks that are just really good. But it like I, I think I put a tweet out uh, about a week or so ago. But it's funny because it's like it, like John Williams, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and How to Train Your Dragon like all had a love child, and that's like the soundtrack <laughs> for Solo because you know it's adventurous. <clears throat> it kind of has that Pirates of the Caribbean feel at, at different points of you know of the you know of the soundtrack and then some of the action and it's just fun it calls back to the original scores of some movies at the right times i think yeah like i i guess this is minor spoiler territory but again sitting next to to chris letty in the film i like i kept nudging him at one certain part of the film i'm like dude there's the asteroid field like dude there's the rebel fanfare and they're i don't know it's just it's great i know john williams did uh, an original song for the film, the adventures of, uh, the adventures of Han. And, uh, I, I don't know if you're on the fence about the, the soundtrack, uh, just like Michael Giacchino did so well with rogue one and, and rogue one is a soundtrack that I appreciated more over time. I appreciated John Powell's entry with, with solo right off the bat. And I think it's only just going to get better. There's a couple of tracks. I know uh, Han and Chewie flying. There's at one point, uh, it's it's just epic. And any fears that I also had about, you know, the, the sound or whatever that John Williams has created, not only did John Williams give us the soundtrack to Star Wars, but he birthed a renaissance of all these conductors and, and, and soundtrack uh composers that they idolize him so they are always going to be influenced by him and i feel like the music of star wars is in good hands oh absolutely and i think rogue one and solo have both proven that 
Absolutely. We're, we're still getting the John Williams scores of the saga movies, which is great. But being able to see the new movies with different conductors and different composers is a, is a great thing. And I agree, they're carrying the torch. Sorry, I was a little distracted there for a second. Uh, but they're carrying the torch of the, uh, of the film, uh, of the scores of the film, excuse me. So, and I need to jump around a little bit too, because I have my I have my uh, random topic to bring up, and that's the one thing with the new Star Wars movies. I love the fact that Disney has this franchise. I actually like what they've done with it, as opposed to some fans that haven't. Is the nostalgia factor was really strong with the Force Awakens, and it was there again with Rogue One. It was toned down for the Last Jedi. Solo kind of ramped it up in areas again for obvious reasons with the character being from the original trilogy. But I think we need to cool it on the... Uh, are you, you ever see the South Park episode that has the Remember Berries in it with J.J. Abrams and everything? And you, you, Have you seen that referenced anywhere? If anybody, no, I haven't. I recommend people go watch it because uh, it, it revolves around the, the re-release, you know, The Force Awakens coming out and just... Um, but it's this in your face, hey, remember when? And they're doing it with the Star Wars movies and it's starting to like irk me just because Rogue One has the perfect example of that. And it's when the beginning of the movie, when Jen and her family, uh, Krennic are coming to get uh, Galen Erso and his family. And the the mother, um, I'm forgetting her name at the moment. I remember Galen. Lyra. Lyra. Lyra, thank you. And she's pouring a drink and they have to rush out of the house and she puts down her pitcher on the counter and hey, it's blue milk, right? And what does the film do? It just cuts to a scene of just the blue milk on the counter and like slowly zooms in on it and then cuts to the next scene because it's not enough to just see her holding the blue milk. We have to get slapped across the face with the blue milk and go like you were nudging Chris Letty. It was like the Star Wars movie makers are going, huh? Hey, hey, remember the blue milk? There it is right there. And they do it in solo as well, where it's like when he gets his blaster, it's a little too like, you know, they're just smacking you across the face with it. And it's like, listen, we're here. We're all Star Wars fans. If we're nostalgic about it, we remember these things. You don't need to slap us across the face with it. Just put it in the movie. We'll see it. Make it a true Easter egg that we need to find that isn't just blatantly obvious and we'll be just as happy. So I just had to get that rant off my chest because it was starting to get on my nerves after because they did it a few times in solo. And I'm like, come on, we get it. You know, yeah, there's nostalgia. We can we were we saw the original movies, too. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh Jim, my friend, I think it's about that time of the show. I know we're going to be back at it and hopefully recording more rambling thoughts a little bit more frequently uh, for the remainder of the year. And it's always good to talk Star Wars with you, my friend. Oh, likewise. Absolutely. So is it that time? It is that time. So it's plug time. So Jim, where can the people find you on social media? Not Facebook. I've decided that. Not Facebook. So I won't say anything about that. At Red5Jim on Twitter. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Scavenger SW. Head on over to BrickCityBlockade.com. We got a brand new website that we're working on. And uh, it's a little bit of work in progress, but I think at the end, it's going to be a great experience for uh, fans and, and friends alike to go check it out and find out what we've gone, go, what we've got going on over there. Uh, head over to iTunes, Google Play. You know, if you wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud. I use iCatcher, which I love because I can 
put all my podcasts together and I can just listen to it as, as a one track. So you can find the podcast out there a bunch of different places. Uh, we love and appreciate all the, you know, the reviews and the ratings and stuff. It, it really helps us to bring on epic guests. And Jim, we got quite a few guests coming up later this month and this summer. It's going to be a great time on the network here. And just like we always say, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>